Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good Sunday morning to you. I'll say good because the sun is shining, but I'll be honest, I've felt like a moody teenager this week with all the uh, swings of sports emotion, Pete. Uh, happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to all of you listening to us this morning on 830-WCCO. Welcome to the huddle. The Twins give us the highs and the lows this week. Uh, I believe we'll start with yesterday's game against the Houston Astros, game one of their ALDS series. Pete, we can go back through this a lot. You can you can break a lot of things down. That That's kind of what uh, the era we're in now with all the statistics. And before the game yesterday, and then during the game as well, I, I wa- quietly wondered to myself, should we really be starting Bailey Ober uh, in Game One of the of the ALDS? And I and I believe it's my understanding it came down to either him or Joe Ryan. Uh, Bailey Ober goes. You know, you, you look at the statistics between the two, and it's really close. It, it really it, it really is a half dozen in one, you know, six and one half dozen in the other. When you look at the final month of the season, Ober was a little bit better, but it wasn't all that much more. I look on the side of experience. My thought was with the way Joe Ryan started the season and finished the season, because he, he had a pretty good September, and he had a great start to the year. I think he started the year 5-0. and I really would have rather seen Joe Ryan start yesterday than, than Bailey Ober. And, and the game changes as soon as he gives up that massive home run on the first pitch. But... You know, you, you can sit here and look at this back and forth all day long. Ultimately, <laughs> this game was full of missed opportunities for the Twins. It doesn't really matter who you pitch when you go one and twelve in scoring posi- with runners in scoring position. 
Yeah, and it, it is interesting. I, I think you you bring up a really good point. They're so similar when you look at what their results have been this year that um, I, I don't I don't think there was a right or a wrong decision there. I obviously, uh, you know, looking back now, you'd say, well, but he's sure. three innings and three runs. We right. didn't know that going in. They both had solid years. They both were very good. Joe, uh, you know, had had some really strong moments uh, throughout this season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the reality is they are almost identical guys. You know, they're 500 pitchers. They both pitched quite a few innings. They both have, you know, decent ERAs. Joe Joe Ryan's a little bit higher. But I think when you look at all of that and put it together, uh, you could have picked either one of them. And let's not forget, uh, it's a really good Houston team. Really uh, good. Yeah. They, they yeah. really are. I mean, that was the team, I think, as we looked ahead, we were like, there are certain teams that you don't necessarily want to have to draw, and, mm-hmm. and that would probably be one of them. But, um, you know, you, you draw who you do, and uh, we just have to take care of business now. And, you know, it's, it is interesting because all of a sudden you look over on the other side, and, and you've got a guy who's 40 years old who looks like yeah. he's 26, you know. Justin Berlander. <laughs> yeah. He was, he's so good, and, and he gets stronger as he goes. But it, what was really interesting to me, Pete, and I thought of you when I saw this yesterday, is that – this win, this loss yesterday was very much indicative of how we saw a lot of the Twins this season. And you've said it all year very well. It's feast or famine. Yeah. If you can hit home runs, you're in it. If they don't, they can't. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Yeah. And I actually think that it could have been worse because Dusty Baker makes the choice, or whoever makes the choice on their staff, to pull Verlander. And, and if you watch the, the television – they have a great slow-mo shot of Verlander saying to the coach, are you sure you really want to take me out right now? And, and to his credit, he's the pro. He's like, all right. Well, then next two batters are, are Polanco and, and Royce Lewis, and, and they smash home runs. And it was mm-hmm. it had me thinking once again about this, this over-managing of, of baseball yeah. games. And it happened against the Twins twice. When Toronto pulls – that game is different to me, and I'm not saying that it's, it's a Toronto win, but that game changes when they take, when they take Jose Barrios out early. And, and he's pitching fine. I mean, he's cruising through. Mm-hmm. And they pull him out, and, and the game gets away from whatever. Same thing yesterday. Only Houston's got a heck of a lot more bats uh, and, and some really good staying power than Toronto. But it's, it's always interesting. Once you get into the playoffs – Everybody think everybody overthinks things. It it they just do. becomes yeah. It becomes this okay analytics and stats and this guy versus righty versus left. Justin Verlander is a first ballot Hall of Fame pitcher. If he wants to stay in the game, keep his butt in the game. I'm with you. I'm with you, Dave. You know the reality is, and it happens in every single sport, right? There's overcoaching. Uh, it's overthinking, overcoaching, yeah. reacting to things. You know what? I, I think you have to use the eye test. I'll give you a great example of what I mean by that, this whole thing, really. Think about it like this. Think about the NFL Combine. You have to use the eye test. I'll give you a great example of what I mean by that, this whole thing, really. Think about it like this. Think about the NFL Combine. How many players that go to that Combine who suddenly go from, hey, this guy's probably a late third rounder to a first round pick? just because of something. And it's all about these numbers and everything else. And it's not about 
What are you seeing with your eyes? If you're watching that game and you see with your eyes that Verlander has command, he's confident, he's ready to be there. He doesn't need anybody to come out there and and, and get yeah. get rid of him, right? So, you know, to your point, it's it's overcoaching, and and we see it happen in every single sport, but more so, I'd say, uh, football and and quite a bit in baseball. Not as much probably in basketball. I don't know why that is. I mean, you don't see guys going, you know what? We got to pull uh, Shaq out of this game. We got to. We got to. You know, you know why that is? <laughs> because the load management. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really are on to something there. I mean, that's right. brilliant. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. Yeah. I know. Um, it just it, what a wave of emotion this week for the, mm-hmm. this Twins club, and I'll and I'll say that it, it has been a really fun week oh. to be a Twins fan. Uh, that you know you, you snap a. 18 year, 18 streak of winning, losing playoff games. And I've been there for so many losing playoff series, standing in Yankee Stadium, all yada, yada, yada. But what I'm curious about with our audience here, because, because all of a sudden, I mean, you would have thought that the Twins won the World Series on Wednesday. I mean, everybody's just loving life. Social media is buzzing, champagne showers in the locker room. But, uh, and then we come to yesterday and it's just, oh, well, you know, one pitch into the series. Well, it was fun while it lasted, I guess, when, when the pitchers and catchers report. So I'm curious, people who are listening out there to, to check in with us on the Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line this morning, 651-461-9226. Given where we sit right now, where we, we have won one series and they have lost game one of the next series with Pablo Lopez going today. Are you satisfied? Were, were you satisfied? And I, you have to be honest. You can't, you can't be, no, I'm not satisfied till we win it all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you woke up Wednesday morning, if we told you the season was done for the Twins, were you satisfied because they finally broke that curse? 651-461-9226, Cities on Plumbing Talk and Text Line. I'll be the first to tell you, I was I was. I mean, this is great. We finally won a playoff series. We've. It was just. It was a fun series. It was fun to see. It was fun to be to to listen to it on the radio with my son. We, we were doing errands, and you know, we're, we're in the car, pumping our fists, listening to Corey Provis on that final call. By the way, was so good. We we love Corey. I love Corey. I know you do too, Pete. Yep. He he. The moment that series ended, the way he captured it was absolutely perfect. I was satisfied, and maybe that's because I'm a loser. I don't know. No, that's not because you're a loser. <laughs> when you have that kind of a streak, you know what? You 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 just have to be happy about certain aspects. But you then then we all want more, right? And that's why we're disappointed today. I can tell you this: I was at the Gopher football game yesterday, mm-hmm. and when when we did get uh, the home run, all of a sudden the place is absolutely on fire. We're back in this game. You know, we've got Polanco, we've got Roy, Royce Lewis. They both back to back. I mean, everything. Everybody where I was was going absolutely crazy about that. So you know that we all want more. Of course we do. You know, but. But it just wasn't meant to be yesterday. That doesn't mean this is over, by the way. I, Correct. Uh, as good as Houston is, and, and I'll tell you what, my favorite part about this whole thing is we have Carlos Correa. And yep. with his background and everything that he had done in the past or whatever as, as, a, as an Astro, I think it just makes this whole thing that much more interesting, that much more exciting. And you know what? I, if we can steal one down there, you know what? You never know. You just never know. Well, I think today's the day you do it. You got Pablo Lopez uh, on the hill, and he had a, a really, really nice, well-pitched game in game one of the series with Toronto. In fact, so much so, it had me starting to believe now that 
maybe Minnesota won the Pablo Lopez Luis Arise trade. Uh huh. We won a trade. Uh, well, let's talk about that. We'll break that one down coming up next. You're listening to the huddle on 830 WCCO. <laughs> I'm going to let this one play out a little bit. I like this. It's a like change. This. Welcome music, back to the man. huddle. <laughs> so we're asking you are you satisfied? Are you satisfied that the Twins have at least won a series for the first time? In 18 seasons. My kids weren't even alive the last time the Twins <laughs> won a playoff series. I was, I don't even know if I was married yet, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. I guess I was not. I was going to um, say no. <laughs> Yeah, we got a, uh, coming into the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line this morning, 651-461-9226. Someone's texting in, not satisfied, have to win the ALDS game. Mm-hmm. Have to win an ALDS game and not just a wild card series first. So, Okay, you have to win one game, and then maybe people are satisfied. And, Pete, you and I were talking about this off air in the break, that it, it it's just it's so difficult to really close out baseball games and, and to have success on a, a yearly basis. It takes like, like a stepping stone, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in, in most baseball series, most baseball years, or, or maybe every sport, Usually the teams are they're they're okay one year they're a little bit better the next year and then you build on it and then and then they're winners. It's kind of rare outside of like some major free agent acquisitions. I feel like that a team just shows up out of nowhere and wins it all mm-hmm. in any sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's so much that it takes, but there are uh, you know we do get these these teams every once in a great while that nobody expected that suddenly. Yeah you know, has moved up in the ranks and suddenly they are competitive and they're not just competitive, but they're actually maybe going to get to that next level. And, and, and it's, that's what makes the whole sports world so exciting because sometimes it just, it just happens. The ball does bounce your way and it, but, but it doesn't happen in just one game. It's got to happen in multiple games. It's got to move that way. But if that happens, uh, man, those are those runs that you just absolutely love and nobody else saw those coming type of thing. And that's, that's what makes you know sports just so great is just are, yes. the, you know it's the enthusiasm it's it's the it's the fandom it's all of that that I think that comes together and that's what that's what we look for and that's what we want and I you know I oftentimes will tell people you know unless you've gone to a hockey game for instance the fans at hockey games they just make more noise because when you oh, think yeah. about it even in the biggest arenas 15 17,000 maybe 20,000 they make more noise at those arenas and are so excited and they get behind their team so much. I'd, I'd even say better than a lot of the, the other sports, uh, except for the Kansas city chiefs and a couple others yeah. where it is a party and it's loud and they are, and there's 90,000 of them, but, uh, but that's more rare. I mean, it, it, it is, it is amazing, but you know, getting something together and, and, and making something happen when nobody expected it to happen. That's, that's when it's great, and, and that's that's what makes you know sports so off, awesome. We have Greg in South Dakota on the City's One Plumbing talking text line, 651-461-9226. What's up, Greg? Are you satisfied that the Twins have at least won a series? No, not yet. Um, I was fortunate to see 87-91 to uh, World Series. Now, this reminds me of the 87 uh, World Series team. Um, young, plucky. Uh, we're not done yet. We are definitely not done yet. And so many are overlooking the Twins. 
um, and at their peril. Baseball gods have shined favorably on us this year, and you saw it in the playoffs where we got some favorable calls. Things went our way. It's that type of season like it was in 87. That's a great, thank you, Greg. That's a great, that's a great point, though. We, I think a lot of people and I felt that like, oh, this is what it's like when calls go your way for once. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, but that's, Greg, thank you. And that is a, that is a winner's attitude. I, I, I think that's truly it. it. It's saying, and I think if you're not satisfied, it probably shows that we've arrived just a little bit uh, on the scene here. I wanted to take a, like just a few minutes to revisit because we've talked a lot this year about the, Pablo Lopez for Luis Arise trade. And I heard Henry Lake talk about this week, and I, I thought he made a great point that it is possible, we don't see it often, but it is possible that a trade can be win-win, mm-hmm. right? And and Luis Arise led their team in, in batting average this year, just as, you know, as he always has. I thought Pablo Lopez, uh, he, he was an 11-game winner this year, 11-8. and eight. An ERA of 3.6, pretty good season. But here's where, to me, the needle turns. And you can certainly correct me out there if I'm wrong. Luis Arise, in the playoff series against Philly, went one for eight. He had one hit in that series. Pablo Lopez got a, got a big win for the Twins in game one, and he's going to go again in game two of the ALDS. To me... That's exactly why you trade for a Pablo Lopez, because he wins you games when you need them. Mm -hmm. And you had enough bats in the organization and on the roster that it would make up for what you lost with Luis Arise. Mm -hmm. So to me, that tells me there was a winner in this trade, and and we finally finally won a trade. (laughs) And it was this one. You cannot tell me. You cannot look at the series against Toronto and now with – with uh, uh, Houston, and tell me anywhere that you would rather have Luis Arise in the lineup than have Pablo Lopez take the hill, Pete. No, I think that that's a really good point. Although I would still say, hey, look, it was a win for Miami. This guy is a talent. He's he was consistent. He he was who he's always been, mm-hmm. which has been an incredible hitter. But to your point, uh, the reason I would tip the scale and say, but but we won uh, in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. which has been an incredible hitter. But to your point, uh, the reason I would tip the scale and say, but but we won uh, in a bigger way because you, you've got to have that pitching. And Pablo, he was a guest on our show when he first got here yep. for the most part. He was just getting ready, you know, yeah. to understand the whole Minnesota way and all that kind of thing. And 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 he he had a great year this year. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the ERA. How about the strikeouts, 230-plus strikeouts? And and he gives us five innings against uh, Toronto. That yeah. That's what you need. And that's why – did we win the trade? Yeah, I'll say we won, won it. But I don't think Miami lost it either. They just – Okay, you know, that's fair. Dip, you know, it's a different reason that they – you know, sometimes teams need batting, sometimes need uh, pitching. I think that uh, – I think we both won. We just won maybe by a bigger score. <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I, I've been looking – because there were times this year where, you know, we all have – have said, oh boy, boy, couldn't we, couldn't we use another bat right now? Uh, but I thought Pablo Lopez has settled down really well. Now, all that being said, it'd be nice if he could <laughs> duplicate it again <laughs> in Houston today, um, but that'll be difficult. Uh, again, that game tonight, by the way, is at 7. It's a late game tonight, getting out of the NFL slates this afternoon. A couple texts coming into the city's on Plumbing Talking text line real quick. Good morning. Teresa in Minnetonka says, I am satisfied. 
I went to games one and two, and what an experience. I want them to continue and believe they can do this, but yes, this year's team is special. We have moved up a level. I think I'm on board with what Teresa's saying. I, I think that's, I think that's where I'm at. I, I think uh, maybe I'd love more, but at the same time, I mean, we we did something here. This, this season has been good. It's not over, but we we absolutely moved up the level. As the kids would say, Pete, we leveled up. <laughs> well, we've got a smile on our face, but we want more. And that's, that's what you want your fans to do, though, right? I mean, if you have the Twins, yep. you know, you don't want your fans to be satisfied. We shouldn't be satisfied. We should be happy. We got through that. We got past something that was 21 years in the making. But the reality is we need, we need more, and we got to get more. And even though we lost the game the other night, uh, it, we, we need more today. And that'll be really, really fun. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be great. Yeah. That, that park will be rocking, and, uh, and I'm excited for Pablo. I, th- I think he is up for the challenge. Bob Nightingale from the Star Tribune will join us at 1135 to talk a little more twins. But speaking of wanting more. Is this the year we get more out of the Minnesota Wild in the postseason? Season begins this week. Joe Smith from The Athletic will join us next to talk about that and more. You're listening to 830 WCCO. Did we lose Joe or was it me? Are you guys still there? I'm here, but I, but I lost something. <laughs> okay. I think we lost Joe. Sorry. Okay. All right, we lost Joe. We'll get him back on the line here in a second. I well, to, you know hockey. Re- <laughs> yeah, well, I had to reset. We, we lost Joe very quickly. Well, hopefully uh, Dennis will try to get him back here in a second. Let us know uh, if you have him. Um, very, very busy week for the Wild signing all those guys. And uh, it, it is, uh, I think Joe was talking about, which was that this kind of investment in the future is something that, that I think the team will need here uh, to get some of these guys, these these core veteran guys locked up like Felino and Hartman and, and Zuccarello. Joe, do we have you back? No, we don't have Joe Dave, back I'll yet. Ju- I'll jump in and ask Go you ahead. this question then. I was going to ask Joe anyway, but with Ryan Hartman, 29 years old, a three-year, $12 million deal, is that the right? is this the right time? Is that is that the right deal? Is it too much money? I, I, and I just ask this as a guy mm-hmm. who you know you're always looking at prices of players, right. no matter what the sport is, and are they at that level? Is he at that level? Is that is that where he is right now? What I like from him is because he, you know you think of him as a kind of guy who complements so well uh, with, with. Okay, thank you, Dennis. With um, along with uh, with. What he does for Kaprizov, I think him and Zuccarello and Kaprizov all play really well together. But let's let's turn that question uh, to you, Joe. And, and Peter just asked about this. Uh, the idea that the money for Ryan Hartman, I know it's extending, but when you when you this team, when it comes to money, it's an issue. Was that is this the best deal for them right now? That's a good question. I mean, I think you know we all written about and documented their lack of depth as a number one center up the middle. And for for better or worse, Ryan Hartman has been their best option the last number of years. And he and there's not many guys that can play well with Kaprizov and Zuccarello with how those guys read off of each other. And they're such a smart players. And um, I think Hartman does a great job of opening up space for those guys. And he has some sneaky skill to be able to create. Um, He's not intimidated by playing with those guys either. So um, I, I think overall, you know, uh, the one question you have is where where the room is for all the prospects that they have in their system coming through, um, which is 
a fair and valid point, but I think the Wild take the conservative approach and think prospects are great, but you don't know when they're going to get here and how mm-hmm. ready they'll be to step into a top six role. So I think for a team that's not rebuilding that they want to con- contend and want to win next couple of years, you know, signing Ryan Hartman after the bargain contract he had the previous run, um, I think it was a good move. Well, you talk about these prospects, Joe, and that always comes up to the question of where Marco Rossi is. Has he shown you enough this preseason? A nice play last night in the game against Dallas that I think it's pretty – I would assume it's kind of cut and dry. He's going to start the season up here. But I think this is a real – I feel like this is a real prove-it year for him. What have you seen? What have you heard out of him and and how uh, the wild front office feels about his preseason? Well, you could definitely tell a difference. You know, first of all, uh, he's bigger. He plays a more mature game. Uh, looks really confident on the ice, making some plays this preseason. And we knew this preseason it wouldn't be all be about the points he scored. Because last year, preseason he tore it up, and it didn't really yeah. translate to the regular season. But you think you, you show him making some plays in small spaces. He's he's better on the, along the boards. Um, he's carrying himself a little bit differently. And I think it started with the summer workouts where he was here all summer working with the training staff and the NHL players here. Um, you know, I think that's – I think you're right, it'll be a prove-it year for him, but I think he's in a much better position um, to succeed this season. And, and time will tell how many points he scores early on. It'll be really important, I think, for him to get off to a good start uh, points-wise just because after what happened last year. But they're going to give him a chance to be a third-line center for now, and injuries, he can always get moved up. But you can clearly tell there's been a little bit of difference in Marco Rossi in terms of how he carries himself and – you mentioned the play last night and earlier plays in the preseason where things he might have not done last year. Joe, our Buccaneers are sitting atop the NFC South. I'm excited about that because I know you're a Tampa guy as well. So on top of that, tell us a little bit about Spurgeon. Is How's that? Injuries are injuries, but is this one something we should worry about? Or is this something that could be shaken off pretty quickly with the upper body? Yeah, it sounds as though it's not something to worry crazily about. I think it's, you know, what we're hearing is it'll be a couple of weeks um, as far as injury is concerned. So it won't be a situation where they put him on, like, LTIR or injured reserve because he wouldn't be missing the 10 games or 24 days it would take um, for that to, to suffice. So uh, that's the good news because you know how important he is to this hockey team. They don't really have a lot of uh, depth, a right shot defenseman. That's, you're seeing now Skaligoski moving to that top pair now on the right side. So um, they, I think they might have dodged a little bit of a bullet there because anytime you see, you know, Spurgeon go down like that and not return to a game, you know it's it's obviously a tough injury. But I think they're at least encouraged it's only going to be a, a few weeks versus, you know, a few months. Joe Smith from The Athletic joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline this morning. The Minnesota Wild kick off the season on Thursday night. They host the uh, – excuse me, Wednesday night. They host the Florida Panthers. Joe, one of the things that I have watched pretty closely this preseason is the power play, and and the much maligned power play of years past seems to have gone away. And watching it last night, uh, especially that I think it was in the third period when Kaprizov scores that goal, but they had probably three or four chances to score on uh, on that one power play alone. Is this really, is this finally a proven power play? Are we going to see the difference this year? And if so, what's what's changed to make it look so much better? Well, I think I agree with you from the past. There might have been some issues. Like last year, it was a pretty good power play. And the, play, the playoffs was a different story. But during the regular season, they were top 13, top 14 power play. And they have all the weapons to, to be a dangerous. It was a pretty good power play. And the, play, the playoffs was a different story. But during the regular season, they were top 13, top 14 power play. And they have all the weapons to, to be a dangerous one. 
Um, having Jason King coming in here, the new assistant coach, to kind of help run and tweak the power play. He's not kind of reinvent the wheel, but he really wants to, to give it more of a shot-first mentality that includes Kalen Addison from the point. Uh, you're going to see Kaprizov. Uh, he likes to have him, you know, roving around the zone versus staying in one stationary spot because he's better when he's on the move. Um, and I, like the, I think that's what will be interesting to watch this year with that first unit because um, they have some snipers there with Boldy and Kaprizov, but they're giving them a little freedom kind of a five-on-five mentality and a power play uh, to let them kind of create there. So um, uh, the the most important thing we'll be doing in the playoffs, of course, but the power play was pretty good last year, and I think having some tweaks here, very subtle ones, won't be something that makes fans would just see off the bat. Uh, I think will help them. Joe, did you get a chance uh, to see the game against Chicago with Connor Bedard just to get a little bit of a glimpse of what he looks like in person? I was. I mean, we weren't there in person. We watched on, on TV, but we also saw him in um, the prospect showcase. Uh, he was in, in town for that as well. Um, obviously, an incredible talent um, franchise player. I know the, the shootout attempt against Flurry didn't go as well as he wanted to <laughs> in, that, in that game, which I think Flurry's done that to a lot of different guys. Yes, but he has. Kind of welcome to the NHL moment. But, okay. but yeah, he's an incredible talent. And, um, you know, people said he's the best one that they've seen since McDavid as far as a top prospect coming in. So mm. a lot of put on a kid's shoulders. But, you know, clearly the. The hands, kind of the cocky IQ, kind of he's all the, he's everything you want in a, an elite player. So uh, I'm sure he'll be a thorn in the wild side for for years to come here. You think he was nervous going up against a, a flurry? Because I mean, he can dangle. There's no doubt about it. And I and I love that flurry just basically poked him and and knocked him down and then gave him a little tap. I mean, everybody in the world knew he said, welcome to the NHL kid. But, I, I mean, it's one of those few moments, and I've watched Bedard so much. I've watched – I mean, I think I've, I'm his highest searched on YouTube. Uh, that was not a typical him. I, he's He's got some real skills with his hands. He, he does. I think it was one of those cases of trying to do one move too many. Yeah. Like he was, yeah. like, getting down there with a, with a couple of few of the deeks, and, like, that was – you know, that was the issue there. And then, obviously, Fleury is a really smart goaltender and be able to do the poke check and then the trip at the end. He also tripped Taylor Hall after that next attempt. Murray threw him into the board um, <laughs> a little bit, too. So, um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, that's – I don't think it's a case of nerves in a preseason game for Bedard. I think he'll have a lot more spotlight on during the season. But yeah. I think that's just um, – it was a fun moment, I think, for fans to watch and see Fleury and who is in his – likely his final season. Um, we're all curious to see how that goes and when he's going to – break some records here before he, he hangs it up. Joe, appreciate your time. Thank you. I look forward to doing this again uh, now that hockey season's here. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Have a good Sunday. Thanks, Joe. Joe Smith from The Athletic joining us, and uh, that was that was a really – that was a funny moment. Uh, you saw that, Pete, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It just – it cracked me up when he – and, and if you've ever chatted with Flurry, he is one of the nicest, most soft-spoken guys, um, and he just kind of comes out of his shell. When he gets on the ice, it cracked me up. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we'll go to the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. we got a lot of people chiming in. Are you satisfied that the Twins have at least won a series? Did you wake up Wednesday morning feeling wonderful that if the season ended now, it was a success? We'll go to your comments coming up next. You're listening to The Huddle. Welcome back to the huddle, 1052, taking you up to the top of the hour here. Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Jump in on this discussion. Are you satisfied that the Twins have at least won a series? 
Got a couple here. I'll run through them. Feel free to react if you'd like, gentlemen. Went to the first game of the 87 and 91 World Series. 87 was by far the best. Totally unexpected and so fantastic. I am not ready for the season to be done. Go Twins. That was Marie in New Ulm. I think we all agree with that. Love it. Beating Toronto does nothing. They were playing till the last day of the season to make the playoffs. We were done way before that. We said great pitching. Uh, they did not have a – we said a great pitcher. They did not have that series. Okay. Uh, it's, is there a big deal – okay, I'm kind of trailing off this text. It's not quite – I think maybe this is a voice to text. This happens to me. doesn't always make sense. But the gist of it is, no, we're not satisfied. Um, we were able to set up – our pitching in the last series, Toronto was able to uh, do that since they had to play to the last game of the season. Huge advantage. Victory does nothing. Okay. So, yeah, by Dave, and large, it's actually <laughs> like 50-50 almost, right? Yeah, but the last game of the season, and, and yet they're in one of the better divisions in football, right? Yes. <laughs> or, excuse me, baseball. I apologize. Yeah. But uh, Baltimore and Tampa, who are great all year long, you've got the Yankees and the, and the, and the Red Sox and, and, and Toronto. So it, it's not like this is a team that just suddenly, you know, just kind of inched its way. They're a legitimate team this year. <laughs> let's let's yes. be honest. They had some really good hitters. They had It was yeah. basically like the all – uh, Hall of Fame Suns team, right? Uh, Biggio's kid was on it. Um, who else was there? There was a couple others, too. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Dante Bichette's kid is on the team. Yep. Uh, so, and, yeah, it, it's um, it, it all, all, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, before we leave the first hour, I wanted to bring this up really, really quickly because we had talked a lot about this uh, when it first happened. Uh, Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald is former Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald is suing the school for $130 million for wrongful termination. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this at length and we know that I, I, the idea that he didn't know doesn't really sit well with me. Um, the idea that he sat there and let this happen on his watch, um, I, it doesn't sit well with me and what he did didn't sit well with me. And I think he deserved to lose his job. We all know that. Here's where it changes something for me, though. And I, again, I'm not a Pat Fitzgerald fan, but he is a hundred percent right for suing Northwestern University. And I think he should win. And here's why they told him, according to the documents, they told him that basically this suspension, whatever was it like a two game suspension? Two week, I think. Two week suspension. That was his punishment. Mm -hmm. Nothing else changed. They had done their due diligence. They had done their research. They had taught, they had done their, their investigations and all that. Nothing else changed until the court of public opinion started swirling this around and then he lost his job. Mm -hmm. And so what he is saying is basically we agreed that this was the punishment and then all of a sudden you decide to change it and that's not fair. And you know what? He's right. He is absolutely right. I don't know that Northwestern could have played this in a worse manner that, than they did. This will go down in the annals uh, of history as arguably one of the stupidest and worst played experiences in a co of college sports ever. I, I don't know that they could. Literally at every turn, at every move, Northwestern screwed this up. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, we've got this happening in other places as well in different ways. But, you know, you look at that Michigan State debacle and you just wonder, mm -hmm. you know, th this went on for over a year. 
really? Yep. <laughs> you right. know, from the time things were reported, then you go to this Northwestern and, you know, you've got Michigan State on one side, you've got Northwestern on the other. And then you look at this Northwestern situation. To your point, Dave, uh, it, 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 a lot of this is about uh, is attacking the character of, of Pat Fitzgerald. And that's why the, the number is so big, because his contract was nothing close to this from a, from a dollar's uh, perspective. But, you know, there, there's more to it because uh, they had settled on the deal and then sort of basically backpedaled and realized that uh, the, the the public didn't like what they heard <laughs> yeah. to the point where they had to enforce it and make it even bigger and a bigger story and everything else. And, uh, you know, I, I still am just saddened by by the whole thing and how, it, how it, you know, and, and Pat Fitzgerald, I always really respected him. I liked him. Uh, you know, he's a guy not too much younger than me. And I and I watched him as a player, as a coach, as, as, as all of that just rise up. And uh, it's just disappointing. I, I still am disappointed in Pat, but that doesn't mean that he's probably, to your point, they're probably right. They're probably right, right at what they want to do and, and how they want to approach this. Didn't anyone ever consult a lawyer and, and <laughs> before they did this? The AD has to go at that school. The they AD have a law school there. Yes. Just go grab a student and ask him. All right. And they're probably we'll take... pretty good. Yeah, that is a good school. All right, we'll take a break. Hour number two. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.